Today in business from Wired. The Science of Scaling, hosted by Mark Roberge, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Each week, Mark Roberge, founding CRO at HubSpot CRO, senior lecturer at Harvard Business School and co-founder of Stage 2 Capital, sits down with the most successful sales leaders in tech to learn the secrets, strategies, and tactics to scaling your company's growth. I like the episode with the founder of Aircall on how to go from handling your own sales to scaling a sales team. It has great advice for entrepreneurs. Listen to The Science of Scaling wherever you get your podcasts. Whether you're trying to grow your business, newsletter, YouTube channel, or just want to know what's happening at the cutting edge of the world of marketing, search for Marketing Against the Grain in your favorite podcast app. Here's today's spoken edition of Wired. Uber and Lyft's never-ending quest to crush price comparison apps by Jesse Hempel. For nearly as long as there have been ride-sharing services like Uber and Lyft, there have been apps that help riders compare fares and travel times. These aggregator apps allow riders to survey all the services in an area and check prices and wait times, an efficient version of what many do already. There are always fresh versions of these apps popping up. The newest one, Bellhop, officially launched in New York this week. Bellhop allows prospective riders to compare 17 services offered by four companies, Uber, Lyft, Juno, and Curb, in New York, with plans to add more services and expand to more cities soon. There are too many ride-sharing apps and you don't have transparency to make decisions, CEO and co-founder Payam Safa told me. And he's right. Pull Bellhop up on a Tuesday morning in July. And it will tell you that the cheapest way to get to the New York Public Library from my home on the Upper West Side is Lyft's carpool product. The fastest is Juno, as there's a car just one minute away. Figuring that out on my own would take minutes of toggling back and forth between rideshare apps, and likely drumming up my fare in the meantime. With Bellhop, those calculations took less than a minute. Bellhop is just the most recent service to try and forge this problem into a business opportunity. Whipster, which was started by a Florida IT consultant and aggregates bike shares and public transportation options as well as ride shares, launched officially last February. The oldest and most established in the Boston-based team behind RideGuru, which began as a taxi fare finder in 2006, three years before Uber launched. Add to that list of abandoned attempts, ghost apps, and failed startups that includes PriceRide, RideFare, RideScout, UrbanHail, and CorelRides, among others. Corel Rides switched strategies, relaunching as a carpool app called Hitch that sold to Lyft in 2014. Several of the startups that publish these apps, including both Bellhop and RideGuru, attempt to make money by striking deals with the ride-sharing companies to promote their services in exchange for affiliate fees, the same way that hotels pay Kayak or Expedia when a prospective traveler books through the platform. Most of the apps reach their estimates through algorithms that factor in published rates, distance, and time traveled. Many also rely on programming tools, or APIs, that ride-sharing apps like Uber and Lyft make available to developers. But accurately predicting prices has become trickier in the past year, according to RideGuru founder and CEO Ipe Takahashi, as Uber has rolled out a new upfront pricing structure. The companies also offer promotions and discounts for which aggregators can't account. For example, Uber has given me a 50% discount on my first 10 rides this week, so Bellhop's estimates for the service are wrong. None of these apps have successfully transformed into kayak of ride-sharing, but their continued emergence points to one of the ride-share industry's most significant challenges. 
Ride-sharing companies aim to compete on brand and service, offering better experiences and increasingly more thorough transportation options, including bikes, scooters, and even rental cars. But to build their networks, they have competed on fares, offering riders ever cheaper prices in an effort to get them hooked. This price-cutting cycle has conditioned riders to look for the cheapest ride options. As private companies funded by loads of venture capital, Uber and Lyft can still afford to slash prices. But this time is coming to a close. As both companies gear up for initial public offerings in the next year, each must focus on becoming profitable. At the same time, they're under increasing pressure to pay their drivers better. New York City regulators are considering establishing pay rules for drivers of Uber and other ride-hailing apps that would significantly increase their wages. As Uber shifts towards an IPO, they have to charge riders more and/or pay drivers less in order to become profitable, says Harry Campbell, author of the rideshare blog The Rideshare Guy and an advisor to Bellhop. So it's no surprise that the large ride-sharing companies don't much care for these apps. They encourage the price-checking cycle that the larger ride-sharing services wish to eradicate. For the most part, Uber and Lyft appear to ignore them. But as individual apps have become popular, ride-share companies can threaten to withhold access to their developer tools. An Uber spokesperson pointed me to the company's developer terms of service, which forbid using APIs for price comparison. Uber used this argument when it threatened to shut down RideFare in the summer of 2017 by demanding RideFare remove the service from its comparison app. A year earlier, Uber similarly threatened to restrict its tools for a group of Harvard Business School entrepreneurs after they launched Urban Hail. They cried foul, arguing that Uber's stance was anti-competitive. While Uber never officially followed through on these threats, neither group elected to continue developing their apps. When I reached Philip Wall, one of the two developers behind RideFare, he said he hadn't paid the annual $100 fee to make it available through Apple, but you can find it in the Android store. Part of me is happy knowing there's a few thousand people who get some use out of it. He wrote in an email. But smaller ride-hailing apps embrace aggregator apps as an opportunity to spread the word about their services, and industry leaders in the United States might be more willing to embrace it in international markets where they still have smaller footprints and need to figure out how to expand. That's how Campbell has signed on to Bellhop as an advisor. There's a huge incentive for competitors to partner directly with an app like this, especially internationally. He says it will get their service in front of riders' eyes. Ultimately, the reason these apps often don't succeed has more to do with riders than the ride-sharing companies. One New York rider, Daniel Greenberg, downloaded Bellhop in the spring before it had officially launched. I'm a sucker for trying everything in the space. He messaged me. He liked it, but he very quickly stopped using it. Every time, Lyft was cheaper. For now, Greenberg's committed to Lyft at least until the next app comes along, pointing him in the direction of even better deals. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas—plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.